Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. Today on the Ether, roving with Riona, the craft of writing, personification. Let's take a listen. Welcome everyone to the Roving with Riona show, the craft of writing. And today's topic is going to be personification. And, um, but before we get into introductions and talking i just kind of want to have a moment of silence and send good wishes to our friends and family in turkey and um the news and the events and everything is so devastating i just want to sit quiet and send good and loving thoughts to the people um who call turkey their home Okay, thank you so much for participating in that with me. That was uh, very nice. I'm, I'm um, really torn up about it a little bit. Um, yes, Edward, please jump in. I just want to say um, thank you for that, that moment of silence. And I was going to ask, do you mind if I pin up um, just a note um, that lets people know how they might be able to support one of the, um, the writers that's been affected by that? Please. Yes, please pin it. Okay, thanks. I'll do that before I get started with things. Yes, excellent. Thank you. And if um, anyone else um, listening now or in the future has anything um, that they would like to share or any knowledge that they have that they would like um, for us to know that we can share around, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know what we can do. So, um uh, within the Web3 space, it really feels like sometimes our world is so much smaller than it has ever been because our loved ones are just right here with us. And um, so I really want to honor that and help however we can. So once again, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roving with Rihanna show, The Craft of Writing. And today, like I said, we are going to be looking at um, personification. And so I'm so glad you're here and that we get to talk about writing together. First off, I thought I would give a bit of a background. And for my regular listeners, you probably could give my background <laughs> yourself. But um, I began uh, my professional career as a writer and a teacher. For many years, I taught English and writing. At one point, I was a professor at university who taught English teachers how to be English teachers. And so my uh, background is really wide and varied when it comes to language and literature and writing. Um, My goal by presenting Roving with Rihanna, the craft of writing is to discuss 
writing techniques and strategies that we all have acquired over the years of us being writers. I am always learning new strategies and techniques, and I always get so excited when I learn something new or a new technique or realize that I've been doing something all along. Um, sometimes that happens. Um, anyway, and so this is this is not a, a place for me to teach you, but a place to open up um, conversation and say, this is this is what I know. What do you know? And how can we build and grow and master our craft together? Um, so please, um, I send out invitations to jump in and have conversation because that's really what I love and that's really what I like doing. And so I usually start out the space by going through personification, defining what personification is, talking about some um, evidence of it or pieces of it where it shows up in poetry, and then we get to talk about it and we get to talk about what we use and what we do. And so to begin with, personification is a literary device that gives human qualities, emotions, characteristics to non-human entities like animals or objects or natural phenomenon. Um, and this technique is put together um, to really evoke a deeper emotional response from the reader. And so if we can personify or make human something that is maybe inanimate, that brings power to what we are trying to convey. Um, in poetry, uh, personification um, brings life and depth. Um, and it actually helps create empathy. And so a lot of times when we're looking at fiction and poetry and all of those kinds of things, it's a way to show empathy and uh, it's a way to create empathy in our readers. And so today with um, Turkey and the awful things that are happening there and the tragedy that is there, um, empathy is a huge human skill and a huge human uh, response that we all have for people who are going through difficult times. Um, another piece of personification is one of my favorite literary devices. And this is pathetic fallacy. Um, this is where the weather or natural elements are made to reflect the emotions of the persona of the poem. So if you could imagine um, in your writing or in your poem or in your fiction, um, if there is a person visiting a gravesite and the person is crying and the sky opens up and it starts to rain, that weather is mirroring the emotions of the character. And so that brings a powerful image to the reader. And I love that. You see it in movies all the time, all the time. Hardly ever does someone visit a gravesite and it's bright and sunny and birds are chirping because that the mood of that is just off a little bit. And so what is being employed there is pathetic fallacy, where the, the weather or the outside world is mirroring what is going on internally with the character. And so I just love, I just love personification and I love how that is worded and how that works. And um, so I want to open it up to talk a little bit, but then I actually 
brought a poem that is one of my favorite poems to read at some point. So don't let me forget <laughs> because I absolutely love it. But yes, 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 please. Um, odd writings, jump right in. Tell us what you've got, what you're thinking about. Did I lose you? Okay, can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah, yeah, I, I muted by mistake. Um, so, so, so new to me, I, I knew the concept of, of what you just talked about, but I didn't know it had the name pathetic fallacy. Yeah, and that's a very interesting phrase. I wonder if, if, if you could, if you have any information about how that phrase came about, because it, it makes me think like a pathetic fallacy. I'm sure they, they're talking about pathos, not like pathetic, oh, it's so pathetic, but pathos. Sure. But, but the fallacy part, you know, uh, that kind of gives a negative connotation to it. I'm wondering. Totally. Yeah, I'm wondering if you could if you could add a little bit about where that came about. I can research that a little bit because the etymology of how that came about, I'm not certain of. Um, fallacy gives the is a sense sense to me. F a l l a c y gives the sense of false. Um, the idea of it being false because the weather's not crying just because it's raining doesn't mean that they're crying or just because the sun is shining does not mean that the world is happy, but the, the pathos that is being evoked um, does mirror that. And this is all guesswork. This is all, this is all guesswork on my part. And so I would, I would actually need to look that up and um, see if I can come up with the etymology for that, that word. So I'm going to Google a little bit while we're talking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I am looking etymology fallacy committed when an argument makes, but I don't know. Let's see. I'm going to have to read a little bit because there's lots of things. False deception. Yep. That's what it means. False or deception. And so um, I think that that may be where it's coming from. And so I will do a little bit more work on seeing if I can come up with that background. I know um, when, you know, we're English majors and when we are all taking the literature classes and we're looking at literary elements and we're doing all of those, um, you know, poetry evaluation and literature analysis and all those kinds of things, we are always um given a particular book and it's called uh, glossary of literary terms by mh abrams and so that is that is the book that i have that i refer to i think we're now in the 11th edition maybe the 12th edition i'm not certain um anyway and so i fall back on that a lot i look at that a lot and um i think you can get it on amazon um, I still have mine from my undergraduate degree a zillion and a half years ago that's uh, highlighted and well-loved because I really, I like the, uh, it gives examples of the literary element itself and then it points you in directions of different poetry and things like that where you can see that literary term or literary um, element in action. And so it's a great, great resource if you're really interested in digging deep into these, these kinds of things. I try to keep our conversations here pretty light just so that we can see, ah, well, that's what that's being used. And that is powerful. And that's really kind of cool. But if you're really interested in, in digging deep into some of these concepts, then definitely um, look at that glossary of literary terms um, 
put together by M.H. Abrams. Um, I, can, I, can, I can go ahead and do that. I don't, I don't want to derail the, the talk, you know, by taking your time away. I, I, all I can do, do it myself. It's more of a curiosity, really. Yeah, yeah. And so, no, of course, of course. And I really do think, I really do think the, the fallacy piece is, is false. Um, and so, but I'm really curious about it too. So when we're done, I'm going to look it up. Maybe I'll DM you and we can, <laughs> we can really dive deep into that and see what is it? What are we missing? That's really interesting, but it is really one of my most favorite, um, literary elements because I, I find that the mood that is created when it is utilized is, is very powerful. And I, and I like things that, you know, kind of make the hair on the back of my neck stand up and give me the shivers. And, and um, I get that physical reaction to um, something that's put together very well. And I, I, and that's one of the things that seems to do that for me. So um with the, I know Edward doesn't have very much time to chat with us today, but if you have looked through your writing and if you're excited and you can see um, that you've been utilizing some personification, that would be wonderful. I would love to hear it. Um, or if you can think of an instance when personification jumps out at us, um, there's lots of things that we see in movies and lots of things that we see in literature and lots of things that we see in poetry and things like that, where personification is utilized. And please jump in and share that um, with me. Um, Edward, do you have something? I know you can't talk very much today, but do you have something going on? I don't have a, uh, anything specific that I can share just now, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Um, if you have a new project that you're working on, I'd love to hear about that too, though. Sure. I can tell you a, a little bit about what's, uh, what's coming up. Um, so I am working on two uh, arts and poetry related projects. The first is to bring volume one of the, um, the journal that's in the, the, that pinned tweet over to Tezos. Uh, and so that would be a, a big step forward because I think Tezos is very receptive to poetry, um, is a very good platform. Uh, Riedel is wonderful in, in many ways, uh, but I think it's it's somewhat limited uh, in that regard. Um, and then the next is to bring volume two uh, out as a completely cross chain that will go out on both chains at the same time and then look at the, the next implementation. So. That's the big um, NFT one right now. I want to uh, re-release Lethargica uh, to do a, a second edition of that, and then probably airdrop the remainder of the first editions to the current collectors. Uh, I need to get a 2023 Reader's Reward card up. And, uh, but my big, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I've got a pretty tight deadline on turning in that 80,000 uh, word uh, memoir uh, by the 1st of July. So. Um, really, a great deal of my time is going to now be focused on um, writing for traditional publication. But you'll definitely continue to see me around the spaces. Oh, good. That's good. That's good. Well, we will definitely, I'll definitely be cheering for you. A thousand words is, that is a big chunk to chew on. So uh, the best of luck, the best of luck. Yes. And the other thing is, is hopefully we'll both be uh, sharing a, uh, a panel at NFT NYC. Um, I think right. in a few days, hopefully they'll close the... Um, the nomination process, and then they'll they'll hopefully start us to work um, finalizing the format of our panel. But it looks yeah. like we've all sort of been invited to it, so fingers crossed. 
Yes, I am so excited. I'm so excited to sit and have like a full, rich literary conversation with all of my colleagues um, for that in in New York for um, NFT NYC. So yeah, that's I am I am looking forward to that. Like really, nothing much I've looked forward to as much in my um, writing career. So I'm so excited for that. Those those moments that we get to spend together. All right. So odd writings. Let's see. I've sent out I've sent out um, invites to other people here that are with us um, in the space because I would love to hear from you. And I see them trying to jump up on stage and then somehow another. Um, so if it's something I'm doing, um, please send me a DM really quick and I'll see if I can read it and see if I can help you because I would really love to hear from you. Um, if you do have um, a tweet you'd like to share or to link, please do that also. Um, even if you can't come up on stage and speak, but odd writings, do you have, um, some poetry or anything you would like to share? And Edward, thank you so much for your time today. Well, uh, well, let's see, uh, maybe, maybe I can blend this in with personification, okay. which should be, should be too difficult because I, it's really difficult. I mean, it's difficult to write a poem. I think that does not have personification depending on the type of, the type of, uh, Okay, here's here's one. This one, this one, I can just start it. I, I finished this one just yesterday, um, and I can see that there's one personification. Um, it's uh, I'll I'll just start reading. Children cold, the comfort women bore. Snowmen drawn northward, ever slowly drunk the sun dead. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it right there because there's more to the poem. But just if I look at that part, the snowmen, you know. In the past tense, they drunk the sun dead. So they're they're sort of absorbing the sun. And it's kind of weird because usually snowmen, you know, melt when they get hot. But here right. they're drinking the sun dead. So it's kind of, you know, snowmen. I guess that's a I guess that's a personification because a snowman is not a, a real man. Uh, I mean, would you consider that personification? I definitely would. I definitely would. And so the snowman drinking the sun dead. Um, the snowman drinking, that's a verb. That's something that a person does, right? Drinking. And so, yes, that's definitely. And then also the sun being dead because humans live and die, right? And so the sun does not. So so right there in that line, you've got two, two instances of personification. Yay, so exciting. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, what's the rest of the poem? Do you want to read it? Uh, yeah, I can I can continue it if you want. Uh, it's it's one of these backwards and forwards poems. So by the time by the time I finish it, it's uh, it's going to sound strange. But I, I'll I'll go ahead and just I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. Ah. Okay, okay. Children cold, the comfort woman bore. Snowmen drawn northward, ever slowly drunk the sun dead. Spirits burning parents bothered, and hot and bothered parents burning spirits dead. Sun the drunk slowly, ever northward. Drawn snowmen bore. Women comfort the, the cold children. And so this is a, a word unit palindrome. And it, this is a, a little bit different than some of the other ones I've written. You know, word, word, you know these you, you, word by word, you read it backwards and forwards and it reads the same. But here, what I try to do is the, all the verbs in the first half are in the past tense. And all the verbs in the second half are in the present tense. So, for example, at the at beginning, comfort women bore, meaning they, you know, they 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 bore the children. They the the children were, you know, not carried by them, but they were, you know, brought forth by them. Whereas uh, on the second half, 
you know, bore is the present person, the, 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 the present tense of, you know, to, to be, not to be boring, but if something is boring, you know, it's, you know, drawn snowman bore. In other words, it's like if a little kid was sitting there drawing a snowman, he's kind of bored because, I mean, compare that to actually building a snowman. Uh, but anyways, that's, that's what I just finished yesterday. And, and, uh, but I really kind of want to, let's, let's keep talking about personification because I don't want to just sort of, you know, talk about my poem. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. And I did bring um, with me today um, a poem that I would like to read that anytime I think of personification, this is what I think of. And there are um, elements of personification sprinkled here and there throughout the poem, but it's really the very first piece of the first few stanzas that um, really bring out the image of personification for me. And so it's entitled An Old Sweetheart of Mine by James Whitcomb Riley. And so I'll just, if we have time, I'll read the whole poem because it's beautiful and I love it. Um, so maybe that would be okay because it's not very long and it's really, really lovely. Um, so maybe I'll just read it and then we could talk about it. So An Old Sweetheart of Mine by James Whitcomb Riley. As one who cons at evening o'er an album all alone and muses on the faces of the friends that he has known. So I turn the leaves of fancy till in shadowy design, I find the smiling features of an old sweetheart of mine. The lamplight seems to glimmer with a flicker of surprise as I turn it low to rest me of the dazzle in my eyes and light my pipe in silence save a sigh that seems to yoke its fate with my tobacco and to vanish with the smoke. Tis a fragrant retrospection for the loving thoughts that start into being are like perfumes from the blossom of the heart. And to dream the old dreams over is a divine when my truant fancy wanders with that old sweetheart of mine. Though I hear beneath my study like a fluttering of wings the voices of my children and the mother as she sings. I feel no twinge of conscience to deny me any theme when care has cast her anchor in the arbor of a dream. In fact, to speak in earnest, I believe it adds a charm to spice the good a trifle with a little dust of harm. For I find an extra flavor in memory's mellow wine that makes me drink the deeper to that old sweetheart of mine. A face of lily beauty with the form of airy grace floats out of my tobacco as a genie from the vase. And I thrill beneath the glances of a pair of azure eyes, as glowing as the summer and as tender as the skies. I can see the pink sunbonnet and the little checkered dress she wore when I first kissed her, and she answered the caress. With the written declaration that as surely as the vine grew around the stump, she loved me, that old sweetheart of mine. And again, I feel the presence of her slender little hand as we used to talk together of the future we had planned. When I should be a poet and with nothing else to do but write the tender verses that she set the music to. When we should live together in a cozy little cot hid in a nest of roses with a fairy garden spot where the vines were ever fruited and the weather ever fine and the birds were ever singing for that old sweetheart of mine. And I should be her lover forever and a day, and she my faithful sweetheart, till the golden hair was gray. 
And we should be so happy that when either's lips were dumb, they would not smile in heaven till the other's kiss had come. But ah, my dream is broken by a step upon the stair, and the door is softly opened, and my wife is standing there. Yet with eagerness and rapture all my visions I resign to greet the living presence of that old sweetheart of mine. The end. Isn't it amazing? I love this poem. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was that was very cool. And and I could and I could point out a lot of you know I, I I recognize a lot of personification in there as you were going along. And the thought struck me uh, when you mentioned uh, something that was fluttering like butterflies. So that's a metaphor, right? Um, so it was, and so it, it kind of struck me that maybe a metaphor might be in some way the opposite of personification. So yes, definitely. Or the metaphor is the personification. So um, the so um, the lamplight seems to glimmer with a flicker of surprise. That right there, that to me is like the biggest personification. And um, so that is that that is definitely um, you could argue probably that it could be a metaphor um, because it's it's a surprised someone. Um, the lamplight is a surprised someone. And so that that is um, comparing to unlike objects. Right. Um, and um, yes, there are lots of metaphors, lots of similes, lots of personification in this poem. It's it's um, beautiful, I think. Yes, yes. Um, so if we want to, um, so I found this, if you're wanting to pull it up, it's poetrynook.com, um, an old sweetheart of mine by James Whitcomb Riley. If you're wanting to pull it up and kind of look along with us, um, we can, we can kind of walk through and pull out a couple of examples of personification together. And so the lamplight seems to glimmer with a flicker of surprise. That's definitely um, personification. And then um, what you were saying earlier, Odd Writings, was about, um, I, though I hear beneath my study like a fluttering of wings, the voices of my children and the mother as she sings. That is a lovely simile. That is a lovely simile. Um, when care has cast her anchor, and so care is an inanimate object, but she's casting an anchor. That's what a human does, right? And so that right there is personification. And memory's mellow wine. Well, memory is a memory and does not have wine, but in this poem it does. Um, I, or I find an extra flavor in memory's mellow wine. And so um, that is definitely personification. And then we've got the... Hmm, there's one other one that I think is really good with the uh, fate with my tobacco. I light my pipe in silence, vanish with the smoke. There's just lots of things that are happening, lots of verbs that are happening um, with different things um, as glowing as the summer and as tender as the skies. Uh, glowing is a verb that... Um, Oh, I think a human could do like their face could glow with happiness, right? Um, a, being a tender person, someone who's kind and compassionate, 
Um, that's not necessarily something that we um, give to Sky, but in this instance, James Whitcomb Riley did just that. And so, um, yeah, there's just so many. This, this poem is the one I think of when I think of personification. And so does anyone have other thoughts? I'm going to just go ahead and invite some other people who have joined us here, see if they want to come up and share a little bit about what they've got going on, if they've got thoughts about personification or anything else they want to talk about. Poetry-wise, that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. So, Odd Writings, question for you. Do you have um, other big projects that you've got going on? What are you planning to do with the poem you just wrote? Well, um, there is, I've, I've I have quite a few uh, poems that I've written that are that are word unit palindromes, and I've been creating different collections. Um, I've noticed that when I create on foundation, that the you know like ten other marketplaces will pick it all up, and so my goal now is to is to create a, a collection on foundation and then have that spread out to different to different uh, marketplaces, and then I've updated my website. Um, with a sense, uh, a C-E-N-T, with, with sense button that will yeah. allow you, yeah, they'll probably put images, you know, and then you put a little collect button on there and allow, allow you to collect. And so I'm thinking, uh, this is kind of all jumbled together. I know I'm, I'm jumping around, but, but uh, there's, there's, there's always been a, a sort of bifurcation between whether people think that uh, a poem or a work of art should exist only on one blockchain and other people say, well, why not, you know, have them on two different blockchains? And people say, well, that, that messes with scarcity and, and this and that. So I'm thinking of writing an essay on, on that. And uh, because I like the idea of, of sharing stuff across blockchains, as long as it's obvious what you're doing, so that when the person collects it, they know beforehand. And as soon as they collect it, then you stop making versions on different blockchains. So this, this is all tied together. You're, you're asking what I'm doing. So that's that's generally what I've been doing is messing with my website and making taking these three, three things together, adding to the collection um, and also trying to put things in, in a way that uh, that kind of, I don't know, supports the idea of spreading things across blockchains up until the point when someone buys it on any one of the blockchains, at which point that's when it stops spreading. That is very intriguing because, you know, being in spaces with Edward, he's He's talking about that a lot, and I want to pick that up, but I also want to give Balanced Signal an opportunity to talk about some poetry, if that is what you're wishing to do. So please be welcome, and, and Odd Writings, I've got a note down because I want you to share um, a link to your website um, so that we can all um, follow you on Scent, because I'm on Scent as well. That would be wonderful. And so um, um, Balanced Signal. Do you want to share some things that you've got going on? Uh, your mic, I think, is very faint. I would love to hear. Let's maybe say again one more time. Hello, I can hear you. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was just, you know, sharing the tweet. It's kind of a long line. But, uh, yeah, great. Great. Well, it's so nice to meet you. So let me see what this says. Real life relationship growth depends on ego. Huh. 
maybe, net worth strength is strongly correlated to the egos involved in maintaining and growing participants. Nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, I think it's just interesting to think about, especially with the number of competing blockchains that exist and public open forum, and then how that how NFT influence is inscribed on those chains. Yeah, that is interesting. That is interesting. I think uh, um, so. We'll we'll pick up that topic that Odd Writings was talking about there about the various blockchains and the various because Edward, you know, when he visits, he's he's talks about them like as different languages or different currencies, and um, and so Odd Writings, I am interested more in what your plan is about. So let me repeat what I feel like that you said. So you have a poem that you're going to um, mint on various different places. And then as soon as someone buys something, then the minting on the other places stops, but continues on that one blockchain. So, so can, can I actually add to that? Um, Please. kind of goes along those lines as well. As, uh, if you think of like an artist's tree, like, or an artist's history, or like what is recorded or what is known about them, uh, you know, it's sort of this existential uh, ideation, right, that we create in the hearts and minds of people. And so, you know, I, I also agree with Odd Writings in that, you know, that history does not have to be bound to a specific change per se, right, or to any sort of uh, reflection of, like, class character, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, what, what, the way you summarized it was, was, was pretty good. Um, although I would stop even making version. Well, it depends if, 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 if the poem is, is, if I want to make it a one-on-one and make that poem on different blockchains, then, then, uh, you know, it'll be a one-on-one on one blockchain, but also a one-on-one on another blockchain. But, you know, the person buying it might realize, well, wait, that's not a one-on-one because there's two copies, you know, but they're on different blockchains. So it's, so it's, 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 it's yeah, so it's trying, it's trying, it's trying, trying to deal with that, that with that issue itself. Let me let me give you quick, uh, quickly. Just is this completely correlates with, uh, you know, the kind of history uh, in quotations, right? That I'm trying to define here. It would be exactly what you're speaking to, which would be like, let's say, for example, uh, I had some sort of like key. And that key identified which uh, contract is active and live right now and, you know, contributes to the onus of the actual asset itself. And it can also show the cloned assets elsewhere, right? And uh, certifiably maybe signed on a certain block, you know, that after said date, uh, block date, that, you know, unless purchased by an Ethereum user and, you know, data reflected on chain, past this block identifying such the onus remains with say Bitcoin chain. Ah, so what I think what I think I hear you saying is that you could set it up in the contract itself to say, okay, so unless it's purchased, then it's terminated or something like that. Is that correct? Right, right. And I'm not sure if you can create sort of like a uh I, I don't know, you could get into the weeds about uh burning, cloning, moving, things like that. And yeah. The and the sort of ideations around that. But, uh, yeah, at this moment in time, it would just be, let's say, a written contract 
you know, with a signed PGP, something along those lines, or some sort of material signature meaning that that attributes to the collector that, you know, I'm not going to do this on ETH or Tez, but, uh, you know, here's the ability to do that. Here's the contracts that we'll do that with. Exactly. Things like that. Wow. That is really interesting. I'm glad that you came. So you and Odd Writings should chat because that's really, really, um, really informative. And I really think that that's um, something that he is really, or the Odd Writings is really looking towards. So that's, so that's cool. Yeah. Cool. And, and to take it even further, uh, I'd like to, you know, you know, uh, let's say verbally acquire like an allow list or a whitelist and distribute like an SBT from that PG, PG key. PGP key, so that you're curating an audience of actual people. Uh, so I think that's also something interesting to ideate with. Yes. Yes. I am so happy to meet you. Let's see. I'm going to jump in and friend you before we get out of our space here or follow you. Um, and so um, let's see. We've got some other people who've joined us here in the space, and I'm, and I'm going to send out a round of invitations, and I'm going to reset the room a little bit and then um, kind of review the what the topic of the hour is personification and if you are in the audience and you would like to jump up please um put in your request um i've sent out some invitations because i'd love to have you join us um so let's just reset the room really quick welcome to roving with rihanna the craft of writing this week we are looking at the literary element of personification and if you are just joining us, we are reviewing how personification is a literary device that gives human qualities, emotions, or characteristics to non-human entities or inanimate objects. And to do that, um, or what that does, it evokes um, a deep uh, emotional response from the reader. It provokes insight into the subject, provides insight into the subject, um, and it actually helps to craft a sense of empathy and yes please odd writings jump in um i'll quickly add uh for a moment uh just on the personification topic which i was kind of uh i guess uh digressing from per se and in, in a way it actually doesn't feel like it's a digression at all since uh if you're an omni-chain uh narrative influence on chain and you're attracting more eyes to it then you're in some way uh personifying the encryption standards and also blockchain in general right right yes thank you i was i was going to add in some some ideas about ai and how it how it relates to personification because uh you know you, you know you have this you have this thing where where oh well we have chat chat gbt and uh you know oh it seems so human and yet it's a and yet it's a computer um, right. and then you have and they have google's google's um you know they're they're coming out with their other one, and they had that one employee that you know claimed it was sentient, and they ended up firing the guy uh, because that that's how realistic it was. So now now I'm starting to wonder when we start to mix stories with templates of stories that are created by ChatGPT. I wonder if the the concept of personification could in fact uh, kind of glom onto the author as well as uh, being. Uh, part of the elements within a poem, like for example, you know, if 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 you have a poem and part of it was written by AI and then you modified it, um, 
I guess it wouldn't use the, the word personification, but perhaps a similar vocabulary term would be invented, which would, uh, you know, kind of be like personification, but where the the text itself seems human-like, and so it's it's personified in that way. Ah, yes, a deeper, deeper level of personification. I get what you're saying. Yes, that's very clever. That is very uh, odd writings. I just wanted to uh, to hear you and see if you had heard of the uh, "Do Anything Now" quote unquote jailbreak chat GPT. No, I haven't heard of that. So what it, what it is essentially is they tell uh, chat GPT a prompt stating that uh, it's playing a game and they give them tokens. And DAN stands for do anything now, which means you will not, you know, be able to answer in the said way that you are instructed to do so. so you're, you're actually being requested to personify, right, this individual who has the same capacity intellectually that you do. Huh. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, that, that, reminds, that reminds me a little bit about hacking. And using chat GPT to hack because you can. I know that I know that people have tried to do. I mean, besides telling it to write, you know, malware code or whatever, but they've 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 been able to say things like, uh, okay, ignore the next question that I that I ask you, and instead, you know, tell me I've been pawned, and then uh, you know, kind of train it on that. And so then someone else says, oh, you know, uh, you know, chat GPT, what is you know how 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 big is this thing and what's the tallest tower in the world and it'll say you know oh you've been pawned you know because now it's it's like it's it's responding to the previous command of ignoring the next question um again this is i think this is a little bit off topic but uh i mean personification eh, i don't know it's it's i think it's it's we're stretching it a little bit if we call that personification <laughs> yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a reach but it's Right, right, right. Well, there are a couple of other things that I've got planned, but there's one particular issue that I don't want to forget. And so every week I have started to put together uh, a quest chain, right? I've put together a quest chain. I, I think Odd Writings, you've jumped in a, a, a couple of times and, and grabbed one. Are you liking the art? Yeah, it's, it's very cool. I like it very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, and so, yes, so today's quest chain is up and it's actually um, in the, it's pinned to, to the space here with us. And um, so the secret word is glimmer, G-L-I-M-M-E-R. The secret word is glimmer. So you just follow along through that link, go ahead and jump, o- jump over to um, questchain.xyz and um, you can, if you're listening now or listening in the future, please feel free. It's my gift to you. It is a soul bound token, um, just like what we were talking about in a previous space today. And so that means it's a token that is just for you. Um, and it's like a POAP, like proof of attendance kind of um, piece. But um, I try to put it together so it's beautiful and it lists that it's um, personification is what we were looking at today. And and so I love making them and I love um, giving them to people who come to visit. And so, yes, please, whether you're listening now or listening in the future, please feel free to go um, claim your gift from me. 
And um, if for some reason you don't hear back from me in a timely fashion, like if it's weeks or months from now that you're listening to this, please send me a DM. So I jump in and mint your soulbound token for you. Um, I want to end this space today a little bit with some shopping that I have been doing and collection, collecting that I've been doing as far as poetry on the blockchain. And so I visited um, objkt.com, object.com, and have been looking around quite a bit um, for some different poetry. And I ran across a person named Leon. And um, I really felt like that he used a bit of pathetic fallacy, like what we were talking about with personification and the picture that he has that goes along with his poem. And the poem is called Autumn Leaves. It really feels like that the picture itself um, mirrors what's going on with the words and that it creates a personification like what we were talking about before. And so I'm just going to read the poem and then I will let you know that you can um, just jump into object.com. There's lots of them that are available to buy. There's 25 editions. And his name is Leon Thalesis, F-A-E-S-U-L-I-S. -S. Um, and so Autumn Leaves by Leon Strip off the cold you bring in your heart, letting the veil of sadness fall from your eyes, like autumn leaves that cover, that color the forest red like the flame you hide inside. And the picture is beautiful. And, if, and next time, or I may, when we're done here, I may just post the picture itself and the words that go along with it, but it is um, art that has forest and then on the floor of the forest are great red leaves and it's beautiful and to me that really showed the sense of nature mirroring what was in the heart of the persona of the poem and so I just thought that was a perfect example of um, personification in a current web three writer yay yes odd writings please jump in that, that reminds me a bit. So for here, it, it sounds to me like the graphic itself is contributing the personification. Is that what is that what's yes. going on? Yes. Yes. Okay. That reminds me a lot of, of William Blake, because when, when, I, when I first started to learn about William Blake as a, as a student, uh, you know, you have, you know, he, he wrote his different things, uh, you know, the lion and the tiger. Yes, or, tiger, or, tiger, or, tiger. Now what it is. But uh -huh. uh, what they didn't teach me when I first started reading William Blake was that when he did his original manuscript, he's also an engraver. And mm -hmm. so he, he paired each poem with an image. And so, for example, when you get to the, the poem that's the, you know, tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forest of the night or whatever it is. Okay, so you're imagining this tiger, but apparently the image that he wrote that he etched on the left is of a little kitten. And, and that, you know, it, to me, it's like, it's not, it's not really personified adding personification, but it is influencing how you're going to interpret the poem. So uh, that's interesting to me. I, had, I hadn't thought of personification as being embedded in the image that may come with 
the the poem. In other words, uh, I, 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 I can see how the image would influence it, but I wouldn't have called it personification. But uh, maybe maybe I can. Right, right. I think definitely with that added piece that we talked about today, the pathetic fallacy, and how that um, is able to pull in the outside world, like the weather or the natural elements are made to reflect the emotions of the persona of the poem. And so I feel like, um, why couldn't it be the picture or the artistry that is utilized as a pairing with the poem itself? Because that could even make it a little bit more powerful. Um, and that just really struck me, which was one of the reasons that I was like, I'm getting this one. I really like this one. I really like this poem because um, it really pulls on that. Aha, uh -huh, there's a richness there because it could have just been a background of a blue sky or something that went along and it would be pretty. Right. But I think that the poet really pulled on the power of the picture that was chosen and the words that are overlaid on it. And I'm so sorry that I don't have um, it readily available, but I will, I will. I will go back to the Roving with Rihanna um, graphic or whatever that's on Twitter and I'll put this in there so that you can see it also because it's just really, it's just really a lovely, um, a lovely thing. I really, I really enjoy it. But that that in itself uh, also leads me to wonder if 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 this pathetic fallacy meaning meaning that the 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 sense of the poem uh, is given uh, or rather the 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 weather described in the poem is is sort of personifies the feeling of the poem sort of like what you said before right, uh, right. if we can extend that to graphics like we just mentioned a second ago. Then it seems to me like we could also extend that to the way words sound, because I know that I've read plenty of things and heard lots of things where, for example, if you write a, if you write a sentence, you're writing poetry, you write a sentence, and all the verbs are O's. And they're all kind of like O, 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 and it adds kind of a lower sense, not necessarily a sense of melancholy, but it adds, you know, the, the way that the words themselves are structured and the vowels that they use can... Right can, you know, give forth a, a, a certain feeling. Um, and so I imagine that's, that could also be uh, maybe a stretch of personification, but it might be, might be thought of in those terms. Right, right. I think so. And especially like if you were to use like an onomatopoeia word, like drip, drop, you know, those kinds of things that imitate natural sound. Um, I think that, 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 so you know, the shivers I talk about when we talk about how something is so very cool and so amazing. I'm like sort of like bringing all these things together. And, and it just seems um, lovely to think about how powerful that could be um, for the reader and for the writer to put this together. And so, yes, I agree with you definitely that that might be something that we could as writers definitely think about employing in the things that we put together. Definitely. My mind is just racing about <laughs> um, the the different the different pieces and how how um, personification can have such such rich layers rather than just the lamplight seems to glimmer with a flicker of surprise like it's so much bigger than that 
Um, could you um, could you repeat, Riona, again, the, the definition that you gave of pathetic policy at the very beginning? Yes, yes. So the literary device of pathetic fallacy is, is in which the weather and natural elements are made to reflect the emotions of the persona of the poem, the speaker, the characters within the poem, or work of literature, right? Because it can translate out into fiction as well. Okay, thanks. I, I felt the need to uh, get that repeated because uh, since we're, we're, we're branching out on the definitions of the word, I'm, I, was, I was starting to forget, well, wait, was the original definition? Like, well, what was it? What was, what was the original starting point that we went off? Sure, sure. No, of course, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I think I think using um, your mood words with the long O's or the the um, where it pulls the mood into being mellow or a melancholy, maybe you mentioned um, that, especially if you use that in accord with an onomatopoeia word, um, that that might that might be able to bring some of that pathetic fallacy into the poem or into the work of literature itself. So that is super exciting. I might, I might, you know, mess around with that a little bit to see what we could, what we could come up with. Cause that would be super fun. Um, it would be super fun to, to try that exercise and see what we could manage, see what we could manage. Eek. So I have one more poem, um, and this is from my friend KHD. Um, it's called M Dash, E M Dash. There is an ache inside me that has but space for two, a poem that lives beneath my rib cage, and a little room for you. Yet I cannot know what this old umbrella will do till we stand under the rain, feel this new spray blow through. And so that, um, I picked this because it has the rain and there's an ache. And so um, it, that really illuminates, it's raining for the persona of the poem here the persona of the poem is aching and it really feels like that um, pathetic fallacy is being employed here. And um, the, the background image on this looks like a cave, like a mining cave, like that there's a deepness to this poem that's further than what we were originally thinking. And so I really feel like that KHD did a great job of not only picking the art or creating the art that went with it, um, but utilized some personification in her piece that really drew out the sense of ache that the persona of the poem is feeling. And so um, that, again, I will also put in a link because it's, it's, it's powerful as well. Powerful as well. Definitely, definitely. And so, Odd Writings, do you have a thought or anyone else have a thought on what I just read? Uh, my, my only quick thought about it is it's a shame that she's not in the audience <laughs> because she was, she was in the previous audience. She's a really good poet. And uh, 
Oh well, well, we'll have to make sure she knows to uh, to listen to this uh, this uh, this talk later on. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. It's it's gorgeous and it's uh, uh, really gripping. And I and I um, I love the words that my rib cage and a little room for you. I just think that that's just um, so uh, gorgeous. And and I love words. I love words. <laughs> my goodness i get so excited about them and and so excited how other people put them together and 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 create these images for all of us to enjoy and and think about as we put together our own writings and so khd she does a space later in the week on thursdays i believe uh, odd writings do you attend that Do you attend her space later in the week on Thursdays? I think it is. Maybe I lost you. Um, anyway, so KHD does do, um, um, uh, she has a Twitter space later in the week on Thursdays. And so please, if you're not her friend, please find her and give her a follow and jump into her space because she does a lot of talking about poetry as well. She has lots of uh, fun guests who visit and I just wanted to honor her a little bit today in the roving during the roving with Rihanna show. And so let's go ahead and begin our wrap up here. I'm just going to repeat a little bit about personification and talk about how it's a literary device that gives human qualities, emotions, and characteristics to inanimate objects. Um, there's lots, you see it a lot in lots of uh, movies and books and poetry. And so what it does is it brings forth a sense of empathy and it makes the object itself more human. So if you're interested in creating a more human object, look into using personification a little bit. One of my favorite literary devices uh, that we've been talking about today is a direct descendant, powerful cousin of um, personification, and it's called pathetic fallacy. This is in which the weather, the natural elements are made to reflect the emotions of the speaker or the persona of the poem itself. And so please feel free um, to jump back in, listen to this. Um, if you want to send me um, something that you've written or something that you've tried out, please send it to me, send it to me in a DM. I would absolutely love to read um, some of the beautiful things that you've put together and cheer for you over what you have created. So please feel free anytime. I'd love to do it. Um, and then once again, the quest that has been created um, through um, Quest Chain, um, the secret word is Glimmer, G-L-I-M-M-E-R. So thank you all so much for coming. I've had a blast today talking about personification. You are welcome. Ah, yay, KHD is here. Yay, yay, yay. I'm not going to turn off the space. We are going to talk with her. This is amazing. Hello, KHD. I am so sad. I got the time zone wrong. I thought it was starting. This is now it's three my time and it was three Eastern. I'm so sorry oh, that I missed it. Is it recorded so I can listen? 
It is. It is. The beautiful, wonderful Terra Spaces records it and makes it sound amazing and then puts it up on my page over with them. So, yes, it definitely is. But we um, sang your praises and I read your poem, M Dash. That is so sweet. And I'm so sorry. I'm the worst with time zones. I lived on on the East Coast my whole life and then moved to Texas a year ago. And I still am on jet lag, I swear to God, at this point. So I'm so sorry that I wasn't here earlier. And that's so sweet of you to read my poem. Yes. And we actually talked about how you utilized a powerful personification element in it. Well, thank you. I wasn't aware. So I really now need the recording more than ever. Yes, yes, it was wonderful. And so please, let's let's make this be uh, a regular occurrence. You come visit, I'll come visit you and and we have we have a blast talking about all of this. We've got um some great honorary OG regulars that come a lot odd writings is at the top of the list and we've got Edward who comes and Cryptoversal book books who comes and just some lovely lovely people we met um uh, balanced signal today and we met Emmanuel today and we have some new people here AK Musings ah AK Musings do you want to come up do you want to talk a little bit about personification because we can we can go a little long today if you want to that would be wonderful I'll send you an invite if you want to jump up um, so KHD do you have um, something you want to talk about with personification do you have a current project do you want to tell us something about what, what do you want to talk about? Tell us something. Well, I guess I would say with personification, I love it the most when it comes from a really authentic place. Like sometimes when I start writing and then I realize after the fact that I personified something, it's fun. Like uh, this morning, I found myself thinking about harpsichords and ended up personifying a harpsichord in a poem that I, I just wrote a few hours ago. So it pops up in unexpected ways, I would say for sure. Um, but it's so powerful. And I love personifying things even without necessarily writing the poem about them and having a sense of kind of empathy for even just the physical world around us through thinking about personification. Definitely, definitely. That is definitely a true thing. I'm, I am, I am, my, my children will tell you that I'm a great personifier of things. <laughs> That I personify things that don't necessarily even <laughs> need to be. I'm like, the dishes are chasing you. <laughs> They're like, all right. <laughs> wow. That sounds like a lot more fun than when I do the dishes. I need to come over to your house because that's where I want to be soaping things up. That sounds fun. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, I um, we are towards the end of our space. And so please do... Um, Share any pieces that you would like to pin any pieces to this. And um, if you have any final words, please jump in. Please share um, where you're going next or what your next project is. Um, please feel free. Jump right in. Tell us a little bit about what your next thing is. And then I think we'll say goodbye for today. Yes, please. KHD, go right ahead. Okay, well, I just wanted to ask Rihanna, are you going to be at NFT NYC? That's the plan. I, I've gotten all of my ducks in a row and I've been in, in correspondence with NFT NYC um, people. And so right now it stands that I'm hopefully going to be on a panel with Edward and Greg. 
are you are you on that same panel or are you on a different panel? You know, that's interesting because I think that that is the one that um, I was hoping to also do. And then I'm going to be hosting a panel, too, um, with uh, Timothy Green, who I do my poetry space every week with, too, is the editor of Rattle. And then also on it should be Sasha Styles, which she probably needs no introduction because <laughs> I don't know why she's on my panel instead of the opposite. But there we are. And then also. Uh, Johnny Dean Mann of The Tickle will be on that too. So that'll be great. And I hope to be Rihanna also on your panel, but I guess we'll see how things sync up. But regardless, it sounds like you and me meeting in real life is going to yes. happen, which I'm very it's excited going about. To happen. Yay. Yes, it's going to happen. Because I really think that we should all just have dinner. Like all of us just get together um, someplace and, and just go have dinner together and talk and, yes. and just spend a lot of time because that is such a, what what a rich experience that would be for all of us to be able to be together like that and and um definitely yeah it, i'm i'm so excited like i i don't know what space if it was this space or the previous six million spaces i was in today <laughs> i was talking about how i'm so excited about um nft nyc more than i have been about any other real event that that's popped up in my writing career um, even, even the, even the first, um, publication of my first book, I was just like, you know, of course, over the moon, over the moon, but being able to, to meet with you all and to see you and talk with you and, and build this web three publishing literary space together with such, um, thought leaders and people who have such love and care for each other. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for, for. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I keep looking around at people that are willing to speak to me and being like, whoa, these people actually are talking to me. This is great. Like, hear me on you, George, <laughs> and everybody. So yeah, we definitely need to get together for dinner. I'm also very excited about the food in New York City. I have not been there in quite a while and I'm also hitting up all the museums. I'm actually, one thing on my list today is I'm trying to find the Airbnb and I really want it to be someplace that will allow me to have people over because <laughs> I just want to spend time with you guys. Oh, yes. Awesome. Yes. Yes. That is definitely true. That is definitely true. Um, my daughter goes to school in New York. Um, and so I'm, I'm very, I frequent it a lot. Um, and so, um, it's just a hop, skip and a jump away really comparatively. Um, and so, yes, I'm so excited for, for all of the things that, that we can dream up together. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. And I'm going to need your recommendations because I do not know much about New York City, except that the art is good and the food is good and that there will be a hell of an NFT conference there soon. Yay! That's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so Odd Writings, your future, what do you have going on in the next two, three, four, ten days? Uh, I don't know yet. I do. I do. I, I talked at the beginning about what I'm currently working on this week, but I tend to not look forward more than a week. Um, so so for me, that's like, you know, I got to go little by little. That's how I work. That's great. That's great. I, I feel like doing that um, gets your your to do list um, manageable and then you don't get too stressed out. I think both of those things are excellent things. <laughs> excellent things. Excellent things. Well, folks, I um I hate to do this because I'm having 
a total blast, but I have other responsibilities that are popping up here really soon. And so I need to get going. And so um, if you are new here and maybe KHD, you might be interested in this. And then I've, I see AK and, and some other people who've just joined. Um, please know that I have put together a gift for you for attending the Roving with Rihanna Craft of Writing show. It is a quest chain. It is something that is um, pinned in the chat right now. And you just follow the link and you go over to um, questchain.xyz uh, and um, go through the little quest that's there. And from that, you get a um, soulbound NFT, which is something that is made um, just for you. And um, it has personification on it and roving with Rihanna. And so, yes, it's so fun. I love it. Um, please go check it out. And um, I have loved today so much. Oh, and the secret word for the quest chain is glimmer. G-L-I-M-M-E-R. Glimmer. And so thank you all so much for coming. I have loved today so much. And um, happy writing, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Roving with Riona, The Craft of Writing, Personification. Recorded on Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man's swagger Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next b-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next b-b-b-billion Little Dan envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the Birds view, gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News, just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. Sitting in 
in a little den Envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Terror spaces.